You know, what's interesting to me, I've covered Elizabeth Warren uh, quite a bit uh, the last few days, uh, but we don't want to forget about our friend Joe Biden. We don't want to forget about our friend Joe Biden, who, you know, between forgetting President Obama's name while speaking, between uh, calling Angela, uh, excuse me, calling Angela Merkel, German, uh, pr the German Chancellor, Margaret Thatcher, between forgetting uh, which cities had two mass shootings in 24 hours, between forgetting what city he is in, between forgetting, uh, you know, full dates and years of when he, he did or did not pin a medal on a soldier, between stumbling and bumbling all over his words, you know, frankly, he's not all there, which I've been reporting for weeks. And I just had an interview with uh, The Hill TV's Crystal Ball. The Hill TV's Crystal Ball, go check out that interview, it's up on the channel, who basically said, I'm hearing the rumors you're hearing. But we don't see corporate media, you know, they, they, the, the, the journalists and the pundits, they just, you know, lightly, lightly, you know, stepping around. They don't want to talk about Joe Biden's declining mental state because that they would lose their access. Uh, no, actually, Darth Corey, this time it was Angela Merkel. <laughs> he did call Theresa May Margaret Thatcher. Now he called Angela Merkel Margaret Thatcher, if you can believe that. So what's amazing to me is all the polls keep coming out, showing him on top. But this is one of those things where you know what it's like if something's wrong in your life, whether, you, whether you're suffering with depression, whether, you, whether something's wrong physically, whatever it is. For a while, sometimes you just try and put on your happy face. You try and fake it, you know, fake it till you make it. I mean, I've, I've had uh, problems with depression and stupidly, I tried to pretend nothing was wrong. And it's a hard time when you have either a mental uh, issue going on or a physical issue. At a certain point, you know, the rubber meets the road and it pops over. And I think that's where Joe Biden is, where he's trying his best going out on the campaign trail not to implode. His campaign is trying its best to set him up in situations where he won't implode. But the problem is he's not cognitively well. And I don't say that to mock. I say that because it's I have two eyes, and we should just call it like we see it. And the corporate media is not focusing on that, like I said, but apparently, apparently, Joe Biden supporters, a lot of Joe Biden's supporters are seeing what we're seeing. Politico, it's a deceptive lead. Why Biden's rivals are planning around his big collapse. He continues to outdistance the rest of the Democratic primary field in most polls, and his head-to-head -head over President Donald Trump are stronger than anyone else's. No one should be surprised if next year Joe Biden becomes the nominee. What is surprising is how many people expect his campaign to implode any day. It is a sensation underpinning the entire primary, evident not only in the vulturous calculations of Biden's competitors, but also within his own orbit of supporters, a feeling that the frontrunner may be made of porcelain, one direct hit short of falling apart. Quote, there's a clear worry among many Biden supporters, a worry among Biden supporters that he can't be the front runner from June of 2019 through July of 2020, that eventually the gaffes, again, these are not gaffes, but the corporate media calls them gaffes in order to keep access to Joe Biden, the gaffes will pile up and he'll come down said Ed Rendell, a former Pennsylvania governor and one of Biden's most vocal supporters, also one of the most corrupt uh, figures in the corporate Democratic Party establishment. Many of Biden's supporters said Rendell 
a former chairman of the DNC, are nervous as hell. In part, the anxiety surrounding Biden's candidacy is rooted in the last presidential campaign. After Hillary Clinton was upset by Trump, many Democrats adopted a more sober view of what it means to be a frontrunner. And unlike in the 2016 primary, a two-person race between Clinton and Bernie, this primary is stacked with credible alternatives. William Owen, a DNC member from Tennessee who has endorsed Biden, said that, said that although he expects Sanders and Warren, two more progressives, Democrats in the race, to continue to split the support among the party's left flank, quote, if one of them starts surging, we're in trouble. Owen said he pressed Biden advisors at the DNC summer meeting in San Francisco last month to develop plans for a second ballot strategy at the party's national convention next year, saying, quote, it's highly possible that we get to the convention and no one had a majority. No one has a majority. I'm a little worried, Owen said. Quote, it's a healthy concern, just like every candidate should be concerned about where they are in the primary process. Doubts about Biden's durability were widely held even before he announced his campaign. There was his long there there was his long and moderate record in the Senate, newly vulnerable in a Democratic Party that has shifted left. His history of weak fundraising, his previously failed campaigns, and at seventy six, his age. So, my takeaway there, my takeaway there. We always say, is it that the Democratic Party is ignorant and stupid? Or do they just not care if they lose to Donald Trump as long as they keep the money in the political system? What is really telling to me about that piece is all of these supporters and all of these top-level political people see not only is this guy vulnerable, not only is this guy struggling, but... Not, not it, they're talking about if another candidate surges, whether it's Bernie or Warren, which could happen after this third debate, one of them, this third debate on Thursday. If you're nervous as hell that Joe Biden is going to slide or sink with a surge in for Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren, how are you not nervous as hell to put him up against Donald Trump? How is that logic? If you as a Biden supporter are nervous that you know one good thing for Bernie or one good debate performance for Bernie or Warren might totally you know move Biden into the into the rearview mirror. You, then you feel confident that this is the best person to go against Donald Trump. I say, and I've said it over and over and over again. Iceberg right ahead. Iceberg right ahead. How is it? How in the world? Are you going to support this man if you're so worried that one good performance for Warren or Bernie, one good, one good moment, one good campaign news, one good poll can basically really, really hurt Joe Biden? Wouldn't that indicate that his front, front runner status is not so strong? Wouldn't that indicate that if he's so open to potentially sliding back in the Democratic primary that he's an extremely weak general, not general election candidate along the same lines as Hillary Clinton? Am I in the twilight zone here? Then you have, if Biden's supporters thinking he's basically one gaffe away from 
basically falling into second or third place, that he that he, there's one surge for Warren or Bernie, which I think is possible in this third debate. I think particularly Bernie could have a strong debate. I also think, frankly, to be fair, I think Warren could have a strong debate because it's going to be Warren's first time on the stage with Biden. And Warren will probably mention the bankruptcy bill, where in the 2000s, Joe Biden basically bent over and took it up the beep for the credit card companies and create and push through the bankruptcy bill, which was very harmful to sing, single mothers and working families. It made it harder to declare bankruptcy. That's going to come up. And Warren, in the 2000s, before she was a senator, did fight Biden on that. So I think it will come up in the debate. And Bernie Sanders has to strategically make sure he does not become irrelevant in that debate and not become a sideshow to Warren first Biden. Because the media is framing this as Warren first Biden, first time. And they're basically trying to edge and push Bernie Sanders as far out as possible. So if that wasn't enough, uh, Joe Biden apparently uh, can't remember Donald Trump's name. Here we go. And I will not let this man be reelected president of the United States of America. <laughs> Limited to four years, I believe history will look back in this presidency as an aberrant moment in time. But if Donald, Hump, Donald Trump is reelected, <laughs> Freudian slip. So Angela Merkel is Margaret Thatcher. Donald Trump is Donald Hump. Uh, President Obama is President My Boss. I mean, when does it end? Is he going to call? Is he going to call his wife Jill Jane? I mean, we're getting to a point here, folks. That's you know this this is really scary territory for the Democratic Party, who, by the way, you could potentially be running against a presidential, a president, an incumbent president with a 39% approval rating. CNN poll just came out. Trump is down to 39%. This man is beatable if you put up a candidate who's mentally well, mentally sane, energetic, will galvanize young voters to come out, will bring out more Latinos than Hillary Clinton did, will bring out more African-Americans than Hillary Clinton did, and could contrast him him or herself with the president, Trump. 39% Trump has fallen down. It's his lowest rating in, I, I think, since um, June. Oh, no, he was 43% in June. I think the trade war is affecting Trump. I also think, frankly, a lot of these people that voted for Trump, a lot of these people that voted for Trump, they're not seeing the plants reopening in their town. If you live in the Rust Belt, are all these manufacturing plants that closed down in the 90s and 2000s or 80s, are they reopening? Are you seeing uh, these YMCA centers, these community centers reopening? Are you seeing the closed down storefronts, the boarded up storefronts reopening because that's what Trump promised. That's what he promised Ohio. That's what he promised Wisconsin and Michigan and Pennsylvania and Ohio. So I think Trump is going down in approval and I think Trump is beatable, but you can't beat Trump with somebody who literally is either something's wrong cognitively or his time has passed. Or as he said in the first debate, my time is up. What's interesting to me as I've been reporting, the rigging is already beginning 
for the 2020 primary. It's not being covered on corporate media. It's not even being talked about much in independent media. As I've reported uh, the last few days, uh, the New York governor, Andrew Cuomo, is rigging the primary for Joe Biden in New York. 32 days now until October 11th, which is the uh, deadline for non-Democrats, people who are not registered as Democrats right now, to register as a Democrat, even though the New York State Assembly and Senate passed a bill in June to move that suppressive, undemocratic, ridiculous, er too early deadline to register as a Democrat back to February 14th. So Cuomo isn't signing the bill because he doesn't want to make it easier for independents to become Democrats to vote in this election, the primary, which is in April of next year. He doesn't want to make it easier for people, let's say your Green Party, a working families party or an independent. He don't want to make it easier for you. And most of those people, I promise you, have no idea, not a clue, that October 11th is the deadline for them to register as a Democrat. And then when they go to register, they're going to be told it's too late. You had to register in October. So Andrew Cuomo is doing this by design. But to me, and that's a major, major scandal, folks. It is a scandal when a governor who has endorsed one of the candidates is doing something or not doing something by not signing, by not signing uh, that bill to move the deadline back to April, he's not even tilting the scales. He's not even tilting the scales. He's throwing his whole body on the scales for Joe Biden because how is Joe Biden going to win? Suppress the turnout. Have as few independents able to vote as possible. Have as few first-time voters able to vote as possible. It's basically what the Republicans do only on the Democratic side. But that's not the only thing I think is going on here as far as rigging. And most people don't pay attention to the emails that go out from the candidates. I do. So I saw this email today. Showed up in my email box. Joe Biden, a personal request he has for me. Joe Biden, a personal request. What can it be, you might add? You might ask. The following message is part of our 2020 presidential candidate series. For more information, see below. This is the DNC's email list. So the DNC is sending an email, supposedly, from Joe Biden. 200 million. That's how much Donald Trump and the RNC have already raised this year. That is a lot of money to compete with. If Democrats come up short, we could be doomed for four more years of Trump, which would fundamentally change the character of this nation. Because as I always say, the Democrats at the DNC, they want to change the character of the country. They just want to move the corruption back to the back rooms with the cigars. They don't want it so out of the open, and they want to do it without the crazy tweets going out. So when they say restore the soul of the nation, that's Biden's line. When they say, you know, uh, restore the character, what they're really saying is let's restore the neoliberal order here, give crumbs to the worker bees, and let's have cake as the elites. That's what DNC and Joe Biden are saying. And it's being dressed up as re repaint the portrait of America, recapture the soul of America. So they put out that Trump is raising so much money that, and this is supposedly written by Joe Biden. Of course, it's not written by Joe Biden. They just slap his name on it. That's why the DNC created the Democrat Unity Fund because our eventual Democratic nominee will need the resources to keep pace with Republicans. I'm proud to support their efforts because we can't win back the White House without a well-financed DNC. 
So, Jordan, I have to ask for your help. Oh, boy, ask for my help. Will you split a $3 donation to my campaign and the DNC's Democratic Unity Fund today? Every donation will go towards building the party infrastructure we need to win up and down the ticket in 2020. Donate three, donate $10, donate $25, donate $50, donate $100, or donate another another amount. Interesting, right? The Joe Biden and the DNC, as per this email, are splitting donations. That kind of sounds corrupt to me. And you know, I know I know what's go- what's going to be said. Uh, some people are going to be like Jordan. This is standard. Kamala Harris has sent out emails for the DNC. Pete Buttigieg has sent out emails. And in fairness, they have. They have sent out emails just like this, offering to split donations with the DNC. And, you know, so it's not just Joe Biden, just to be clear. How could the DNC be neutral if it's literally splitting donations with nominees or candidates to become the nominee? That's, that's absurd. It's a blatant conflict of interest. It shows you that the DNC is going broke. So what, what I, what, what's remarkable to me What's remarkable to me is Andrew Cuomo won't sign a bill that would make voting easier for people in New York. New York is the third largest uh, pledge delegate count. So it's the, that state has the third, large, third most pledge delegates up for grabs. Um, he's, not signing the, he's not signing a bill. Hasn't. Won't give a reason why he won't sign the bill. I spoke with Assemblyman Ron Kim, go check out the interview, who said he's stalling. So he's trying to, uh, he's trying to disenfranchise voters to help Joe Biden. But the DNC, don't you think if Joe Biden or other establishment candidates are sending out emails basically saying, give some money to the DNC, don't you think the DNC is then going to say, thanks, I'll get you back later? This is how the rigging and the corruption work behind the scenes, and I'm telling you how it works to bring it out into the air. Because I, I got news for you. Bernie Sanders is not going to send out emails suggesting people split donations between he, his campaign, and the DNC. Warren might. I don't know if she has already, but she might, since she's cozying up with the Democratic Party establishment. So, would it Tulsi Gabbard is certainly not telling her supporters to split donations between her and the DNC. So isn't it kind of inherently a conflict of interest? Isn't it inherently going to open up certain candidates for favorable treatment from the DNC if you're reaching out and telling people, split the, split the money. Well, split the money with the DNC, the neutral body. How could you be neutral if you are financially collaborating with certain candidates? Can somebody tell me if I'm making a mohill into a mountain here? Because again, this isn't just Joe Biden. It's not just Joe Biden who has sent these emails out. Or, excuse me, it's not just, it's not just Joe Biden who the DNC has sent out emails uh, with his name in the subject line. I think they've done it for Kamala. I think they've done it with Pete. And I'm pretty sure they've done it with Amy Klobuchar and others. So... It's not just them. 
Am I making a mohill into a mountain where you have the DNC basically splitting donations with Joe Biden or Kamala Harris or Pete Buttigieg? I'd have to look back. It would take me time. But as far as I've seen, I haven't seen Elizabeth Warren. Um, I haven't seen Elizabeth Warren um, do a email like that where she's saying split a donation with me and the DNC. But I wouldn't put it past her to do that. I would not put it past her to do that. So if that's the case, if that's the case, uh, don't be confused. Don't be confused and don't be surprised when the DNC starts overtly tipping the scales further for Joe Biden because you're seeing right here Joe Biden doing some solids for the almost bankrupt DNC. And by the way, if you're not familiar, the DNC is so unpopular. The DNC is having such financial problems that Tom Perez has literally had to go to Mexico to fundraise. He has gone to Mexico to fundraise with expatriates from America that now live in Mexico. So if you can't raise money from actual Americans living in Americans, he's going to Mexico to raise money with expats 